Happy opening day, everybody. It's Chris Nash. It's Honorado and Company. Baseball season is back. It is a great time to feel hopeful, no matter who you root for. It's such a long season. We don't really know what's going to happen. We kind of know what's going to happen. We don't really know what's going to happen. So on March 30th, as we do this show live on a Thursday morning, which we always do, um, you can be hopeful for your baseball team on opening day. And then the sky kind of falls if you don't win your first game because you feel like, well, boy, all that anticipation right. and we lost. But it's still opening day, Ash. We've got – we're just going to talk generically about opening day. We've got our predictions, though, more importantly. Mm-hmm. We've got our division winners, our World Series champ, our MVPs, our Cy Youngs. We're going to dive into the final four, of course, with the local guy, Andre Jackson Jr. and UConn just tearing people to shreds so far <laughs> in that tournament. We'll look at the women's side as well because some impressive things are happening there between South Carolina and Iowa. Um, Lamar Jackson says he wants a trade. What gets done sooner, Lamar or Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> well, okay. it's not Aaron Rodgers. Remember We're when you thought it was going to be uh, like and four our weeks guess- ago? This week, Ash. Yeah. Who? Clay Aiken and Ruben Stuttered. Throwing it back to 2003, baby. This is Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpen House. Shout out to all of our local business partners. You see them there on the screen and every single commercial break. Uh, show doesn't happen the way it is currently running without uh, their support. And they are all local businesses that support us here on Honorado and Company. How about the support of the viewers, Ash? Yeah. Morning, Here's a Jay. big time Yankees fan, Jason Palatsky, Ready fired up, of course, for the Yanks. Uh, Sam is a big Mets fan. Good morning to you, Sam. And Carol. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, Carol. All right, so opening day. Uh, just ask your general thoughts on on this day and kind of how you like to approach it. Uh, yeah, listen, I'm a Yankees fan, so I think the expectations are high for every fan base, but I think when you're a Yankees fan, you hope that the expectation is a deep run into the postseason, an appearance in the World Series. Uh, and as a Braves fan, I think that you probably feel the same way this year. But yeah, it's it's exciting because it's day one. We will all overreact and overanalyze our opening day games today, despite the fact that most of them are not divisional opponents. Like the Yankees play the San Francisco Giants. Kind of who cares? But whatever, it's baseball. Um, so it's always a good way to kind of see where your team is at if they're at where you think they are. But honestly, injuries before the season are the biggest story, I think, going in for teams across the board. Yeah, Yanks have three, what I'll say, significant injuries. Severino, Bader, uh, Rodon. Uh, Mets have significant injuries in Diaz and Quintana. Um, Opening day, uh, on at least one occasion, but maybe more, I faked being sick. So I didn't have to go to school and I could watch baseball. I mean, I'm just saying it, telling it like it is here. And and so today I have done similarly, have told people can't do it. I'm unavailable. Yeah. I'm unavailable. I'm doing I'm doing 
the morning show. I'm doing the pod the way we're currently doing. I'm unavailable after that. I'm going home and I'm watching baseball. Braves play at one o'clock on Thursday. You know what's interesting? You do that for the Atlanta Braves. It's really hard for me to get you to do that for me. Well, you know, (laughs) when, when you have your first true love in life, it's hard to deny, you know, that pull. Yeah, fair enough. So I go home and I watch baseball as you uh, our fifth true love. Get ready for a really big weekend yourself uh, with the National Lacrosse League, which we'll dive into here uh, in a little bit. Everybody is going to be talking about the rule changes, Ash. Mm -hmm. And so instead of what we might generally do or what most sports talk shows might do, which one do you hate the most? Uh, Which one do you like the most? Which one of these rule changes are you looking forward to most? For me, and I I don't know how exactly I feel about this. I've been an anti-shift person for a long time, only because I don't like it. I don't believe in it. I don't think it works, at least in situations where there are glaring situations when you're watching a game and they move everybody and somebody hits it through. And I hate it. I, I just dislike the shift. But you but know I those are like the- Banning. Those are the situations we we notice for just because it. it yeah I get it go ahead but I don't like banning the shift I don't like the idea of telling people they can't do something so uh, while I like the idea of it because I enjoy baseball in its original form I don't enjoy that it's being banned the pitch clock to me if it means a faster game even by twenty minutes I like it I, it will be weird if people are getting called for not pitching the ball fast enough. That's going to be a weird thing to get used to, but we'll get used to it just like eventually we will get used to an electronic strike zone. The bigger bases, I think, are ridiculous. Any of the reasons behind it, I think they're kind of stupid. But Really? Yeah. They look absurd. Um, They're enormous. When you see the side-by-side of of what it was, and it was a 15-inch base, and now it's an 18-inch base. So it's not a huge, you know, three, not that big of a deal. But when you see them side by side, it looks it looks cartoonish. Um, I like the bigger base from the the standpoint of like player safety. Yeah. Sometimes it's very clunky with two mm-hmm. feet trying to get to the bag at simultaneously. Yep. So I like that. And if it creates guys thinking that they can go steal a bag more, you think great. Let's run a little bit. Let's have some fun with that. I love it. If it works the way it's intended, that is going to be great for the game. Uh, but I'm with you. It's the pitch clock. It's the one I'm looking forward to most because, yes, I think it will speed up the game, but also because it's such a mystery for me. Yeah. I don't think anything like it. Um, and I'm with you. The unknown of, like, is there, is there going to be a critical moment in a game where a guy gets – it's a 3-2 count. The pitcher right. doesn't throw the ball on time, and it's ball four, and the bases loaded walk comes in to win the game. Or, like you saw in spring training, where the Braves player – gets called for strike three because he wasn't ready to hit at the eight-second mark. So that one for me is just fascinating because I don't know exactly how quickly players will adjust to it. But listen, there's a shot clock in Mm -hmm. football. There's a play clock in football. There's a shot clock in lacrosse, okay? And I understand those sports have times attached to it already. Baseball doesn't. But we've seen in spring training, the game time is down about a half an hour. Yeah. Now, that drastic when, once the regular season happens because even if it's 20 minutes, yeah, correct, 240 versus three or three versus 320, like 
it's it's a big difference. Yeah, and I've heard people smarter than me say, you're not missing anything. Right. It's not like you're taking anything away from the game. Mm -hmm. You're taking away all the We're not making it eight innings. All of the dead periods. Yeah, exactly. Here is, and I think we talked about, I think I talked about this last week. Were you with me last week? I can't remember. Yes. I think I talked about this last week. Coming off that World Baseball Classic ninth inning, I wish baseball, and maybe it will happen, if it's a save situation. So if the game is in the ninth inning and it's a three-run game or less, mm -hmm. get rid of the pitch clock. I want the drama between pitches. If you watch that Otani-Trout at bat, a one-run game with a title on the line, every single one of those pitches would have been a pitch clock violation. Give well, me and Otani is slow in general. The drama in between pitches. Give me those TV cutaways, the tight shots on faces, the looking into the catcher, the shaking him off. He steps out because he's on. Give me that. There's good. I don't need it in the third inning in June, but but give it to me in the ninth inning when games matter. That that would I would be down with that. Yeah, they won't do that. Because you have to be consistent. And it's the only way to get used to a rule like that is to make it consistent. I just think if but there is going to They don't to have be... the international runner rule in the playoffs. So you I could think... eliminate the pitch clock in the ninth inning in playoff games. I think that's a stupid rule as well. Play 18 I... innings. Let's take a quick time out here on Honorado and Company. When we come back, we're diving into the Final Four. We still have our predictions to come for the Major League Baseball season. And, of course, Dirty Difficult Done uh, sponsored by Performance Industrial. It's all still ahead here on Honorado and Company. I don't care what kind of stories that's been told on you. That may be a lot of things in life you used to do. Six carbs and 95 calories. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpen House. All right, Ash, a quick break from baseball here, other than for Nick to say, happening opening day. <laughs> Happy opening day. Go O's. O's are it's happening too. The O's are, they're not bad. I'm not no, going to say they're they good, but they're not bad. They're not bad. They they can be fun to watch, which is all you can ask for. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, Sam weighing in too. Pitch clock. Come on, Sam. Larger bases. I just made my case for it, right? Uh, Carol doesn't want to say how ridiculous they look. Mm, but she is a Yanks fan. Okay. Uh, if you have predictions for the Major League Baseball season, throw them at us. Uh, we'll take them all show long. Uh, let's get into the final four, though, here, Ash. And these are the men's matchups Saturday night. Can you believe that? No. I can't even. No. Yet. This, this year is the first time we had a, uh, an Elite Eight without a one seed. It's the first time we have a final four without a one, two, or three. First time ever. Um, UConn is <laughs> certainly playing like a one. We've yes. said about those two teams in particular, let's start there, Miami and UConn, because it's the game everybody will want to watch Saturday night. They were both underseeded, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Miami wins the ACC, and they're a five. Uh, UConn 
had only lost to Big East opponents all year, and they were playing really, really well going into the tournament. They were underseeded as a four. So, you know, numbers aside here, these two teams are really good. They're really athletic. It should be an excellent game. I wish they weren't on the same side of the bracket because I would take that as a title game in a heartbeat. I And this is going to sound terrible, but this goes to your – when you said, I want Blue Bloods in the Final Four. I want or like chalk. I want the big guns in the final four. Yeah. This goes to show like I probably do too, because I have almost no interest in watching FAU San Diego state. Almost. I'll watch some of it, but I have almost no interest. Uh, I want Miami UConn in the final and that's not going to happen. So I think I'm probably going to watch the Miami UConn game. Like it is the final. Yeah, and and I'm glad you're saying that because we are saying what people feel and believe they just don't say it. They they think they want the underdogs and the upsets. And you do. You do. You do Girl. until you get to the elite eight. Yeah. Then I don't want the 15 St. Peters in the final four. They don't get there. I don't I love FDU. I don't want the 16 FDU in the elite eight or five. I don't. And and I we use the term blue bloods you know, broadly here, I'm not just talking about blue bloods. I'm talking about the powerhouse teams, the teams that get the five-star recruits, the teams that have the lottery picks. Those are the teams and players I want to see in the biggest moments. So, and I'm even okay with like teams like Miami and UConn. I'm good with that because they're from some of the bigger conferences. They play tougher schedules. You know more about them. I could tell, and this is just me being honest. I've watched San Diego State a handful of times now, and I still feel like I don't know a thing about them. Well, it's just one of those teams. It just feels a little bit strange to me, as though I've seen them, and I, it just doesn't really stick for me because they're unfamiliar. Am I bitter because I've bet against most of these teams the entire way, and, and it has I, not been a friend? I, have as well. uh, I haven't bet against UConn or Miami. I've, I've been on them most of the way. But I've probably bet against FAU and San Diego State almost the entire tournament, and look where it's gotten me. Not the, not very good. The um, dichotomy here of FAU's athleticism, fast pace against San Diego State's wanting to mud it up with you a yep. little bit. Good defense. Um, that will be fun to watch. If you're going to watch the game, obviously that's that's yeah. the uh, the back and forth to to look out for. Uh, okay, so who who are we taking here? Because as people watch this on Saturday night on my four, the games haven't yet tipped. Uh, if you're watching it Sunday morning, you already know the results. Who do you like? You're going to know if we're right or wrong. Yep. Uh, I'm going to, I think I'm going to take FAU as crazy as that, that sounds. Um, but they just have seemed to buck the trend and go against everything that anyone has thought, unless you've graduated from FAU. I don't believe that you had them in your final four or your elite eight or whatever else you had them in. Uh, so I'm going to go FAU and I'm going to go UConn, but I think that that UConn Miami game, is a real toss-up. I think uh, it could go either way. Both of those teams, Miami was down double digits in their last game, and I had them written off, and they come storming back and save my pool a little bit. Um, And yeah, so I I think that game's going to be awesome. They both are so, they're just so deep. They're so good. UConn is so good at every position, every single position. And Miami is close to every position as well. I, I would say they're not quite as talented as, as UConn, but they just seem to get wins when they need to. So I think they're probably more athletic. They're just, they don't shoot the three as well as UConn. And they're well, not yeah, as they don't big, have a Hawkins. They're not as big inside. 
with a, a Sunogo. But um, Wong and Miller for Miami are good. It, that's going to be a really good game. My gosh, I hope I am somehow, somehow awake Wait. for it. Rosie likes San Diego State and UConn. Th- that, that's where I'm leaning to. I know I asked you for your prediction. I'm leaning towards San Diego State and UConn, but I'm with you. If Miami wins, and if Miami wins by a handful of points, I'm not going to be surprised. I- I'm just not. All right, let's keep the, the conversation going here uh, with College Hoops. And now, Dirty, Difficult, and Done. Sponsored by Performance Industrial. Bill Miller, Sean Wilcoxton, the great team at Performance Industrial, South Glens Falls and Albany, uh, epoxy flooring, uh, cleaning out the vents. They, what they do for uh, commercial kitchens and those types of things uh, is pretty incredible. All right, Ash, uh, you are up with the uh, Performance Industrial Dirty Difficult Don. I chose this because I know we've talked about it a little bit in terms of Gino. We've, t- we've hit it early on in the season, um, but I've seen articles about the falling of the empire, the the crumbling of the dynasty that is UConn, which is, it seems to me to be absolutely absurd. Okay. I understand that they underachieved. They lost to Ohio State. Okay, Ohio State was a three seed. UConn was a two seed. Mm-hmm. They've done all of this. They were 31 and six. They have done all of this without one of the best players on the planet. They were without their best player, Paige Beckers, all season long, and they went 31-6 and and made it to the Elite Eight. How are you going to tell me that this is a dynasty that's crumbling? Take Caitlin Clark off of Iowa. They're nowhere near where they are. Take Boston off of South Carolina. They're not going to make it to where they are. It just doesn't make sense to me that people are talking about this ridiculousness. Oh, UConn's done. They're going to be back. The parody is great. Yes, I understand that. They are not the only, like I said, they're no longer the only kid on the block. They're no longer the only team that's going to win a championship. This is a team that will be back. They will have another Paige Beckers, another Caitlin Clark. He will bring continually bring those in. But now that you have all these superstars on other teams, it's just a little more, a little more parody. I was going to say a little more fair. It's always been fair, but the playing field has been leveled. UConn is going nowhere. Yeah, and as he fud missed significant time this year too. Um, one quick thing: they lost in the Sweet Sixteen, which I oh, think is why yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the alarm Joe bells has. went off for people. Eighteen straight years of having reached the Elite Eight done. Fourteen straight years of reaching the Final Four done for this U- UConn women's basketball program. So that's the shock. That's yeah. the shock. Is that? I get it. Whoa! This is a big fall off. Tell me the last time they won a title. Been been a, a handful of years. Yeah. You know, and now they can't make the elite eight. Now they can't make the final four. But your your point is is certainly well taken. Without Paige Beckers, uh, <laughs> this I mean, team who wins is without their best player? Nobody. Not not what it it could be. All right, we're keeping it rolling here now with women's hoops specifically. It's time for the Marcellus Appliance Center MVP of the month. All right, here we go, Ash. Uh, 20 minutes into the show, and we're declaring the MVP of the month here on the second to last day of March as we do this show. A shout-out to our guy, Johnny Marcella, the two locations for Marcella's Appliance Center, Clifton Park, and then, of course, the flagship store in Schenectady. I threw this one in because... It makes too much sense. We don't talk enough about... I'm sure people would say women's hoops in general, and that's fine. 
But what Caitlin Clark has done this season, it may be the first time we're really even putting her name uh, in graphic form in this show. A 41-point triple-double in this tournament. She is one of the best shooters on the planet. I don't care at what level or what gender or what league. One of the best shooters on the planet. 35-footers do not scare Caitlin Clark. And if by any chance South Carolina were to lose a game in this tournament, this is the only way, is that Caitlin Clark it just somehow goes off and is unstoppable. Now, unfortunately, Dawn Staley will double-team the heck out of her. Oh, yeah. And there will be somebody by her side every single step of the court. They will not let her get an easy catch. And that's I'm not saying about an easy shot. She won't get the ball easily into her hands on the offensive end of the floor. She will work for everything she has to get uh, in this Final Four matchup against South Carolina. So to your point about, dang, Miami-UConn on one side of the bracket, I wish Iowa South Carolina were on opposite ends of the bracket. Yeah, I agree. And what she's done has been unbelievable. It's just been so good for women's basketball to have Paige Beckers, to have Sabrina Ionescu, to now have Caitlin Clark, to have Aaliyah Boston. These are, they're like transcendent players in the sport of women's college basketball. And it's been so fantastic. But to be fair, and I know you say she'll get double teamed. She's been double teamed. Oh, this is not the first team that will double team her all year long. She gets double teamed in. Almost every game, she is a phenomenal passer. When she's not, she doesn't need to get points, and she gets points every game. She doesn't need to get points to affect the game because if she's getting doubled, someone is open. So if she can get rid of the ball, there will be someone open in in, in this game. I think the biggest problem is, is South Carolina's post is so much more athletic than Iowa's post that if she's getting the ball to those players, I still think it's a mismatch that favors South Carolina. Yeah. So we like South Carolina. Yeah, but I think it's I think it'll be a great game. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Iowa wins, but I think South Carolina. Those are Friday night games on the women's side, I know, seven see them. and nine o'clock. No, Ash will be busy. Let's clue people in here. Um, you are soon on your way to Georgia to cover a national lacrosse league game for what platform will we find you? ESPN News. ESPN News. It's a Friday night game, home game for the Swarm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very cool opportunity. Go ahead. Yeah, it is a cool opportunity. Um, swarm, Riptide, two teams kind of still scratching for a playoff spot. They need to win out. So whoever wins this game, you know, could continue to try to win out to, to eke into the playoffs. But the league has been great and it's a really good opportunity. Uh, it'll be strange for me not to be on a Firewolves game. Normally, I have always have the Firewolves. But yeah, it's two great teams, two great coaches. They've they've both been really good to me so far. So yeah, headed to the ATL. The stadium's in Duluth, so I'll get to see beautiful Duluth, sunny weather, and then moving on to Florida for a little vacay. All right, so 10 minutes from now, Clay Aiken, Ruben Stutter, the two uh, American Idol stars are coming for a, to uh, Troy for a performance on April 12th. Ash and I will chat with those two guys in 10 minutes. We're back right after this with our Major League Baseball season predictions. Whether you're in the lounging, cruising, or just relaxing, summer fun starts with Alpenhaus. Enjoy a smooth ride that'll change the way you boat forever on a Barletta pontoon powered by Mercury Outboard. 
Nobody makes a more reliable, powerful lineup of outboard motors than Mercury to continue propelling your adventures. Now's the perfect time to buy a new Barletta pontoon with the legendary performance of a Mercury outboard. Alpenhaus, Route 30 Amsterdam, and alpenhouseboats.com. At Marcello's Appliance Center, our commitment is to you, providing essential appliances that families depend on for cooking, refrigeration, cleaning, and sanitation, plus appliance repair. You can have peace of mind that Marcella's is here for you today and every day, like we have been since 1957, helping you make the right choice with trusted brands like Whirlpool, Maytag, KitchenAid, and many more. Shop Marcella's Appliance Center in-store, online, or by phone. We're here for you. And now, back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. All right, Ash, just so we're on the record here, we don't have to do deep dives into yeah. our predictions, but just so we are on the record, let's go through our Major League Baseball season-long predictions. Here I can't are my NL division winners. This is a late change for me. Ooh. I have talked... I've been effusive with my praise for the Philadelphia Phillies offseason. You have. Harper missing half the year. Now Hoskins out for the entire year. I'm not saying they won't make the playoffs, but I'm hedging my bet, and I'm going with the Braves. I had it flip-flopped. I had Philadelphia winning the division, Atlanta being a wild-card team. I'm going to take Atlanta here. Moving on. Cardinals in the Central. Padres out West. The Giants' injury to Gavin Lux is huge. Enough people aren't talking about it outside of the diehard baseball people. Who the heck is their shortstop all season long? The Padres are loaded. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just betting on potential here power. that it's San Diego. Betting on star power. I am also betting on star power. I went with the Mets. You and I were both big on the Phillies. I raved about the Phillies all offseason, everything that they had done to get better. But I think – Similar to a lot of other teams, injuries will play a big role in Philadelphia. If they can get healthy, I think they still get in as a wild card. But I'm going with the Mets, and I have not written off the Braves. I'm just not picking the Braves over the Mets. Okay. I think Cardinals the one who of Verlander Scherzer is, is nasty, but I would take, I think I would take the Braves rotation as a whole over the Mets. I don't know that I trust Verlander and Scherzer to make. 27 plus starts uh okay american league for me i'm on the yanks in the east big year for the yankees i'm on it right now i think they have a big big year guardians in the central the white Sox are interesting certainly but i'm on cleveland uh and the astros despite losing a guy like verlander uh still have valdez and javier in that starting rotation um give me the astros out west they add jose abreu like that team has has gotten better, and they're already really good. So, yeah, I'm on the Astros. I think the Mariners get in, though. I, I love the Mariners in a lot of ways. Um, the Guardians surprised people last year. They're not going to be a surprise this year. They bring everybody back. Um, they added Josh Bell. Mm -hmm. Josh Bell. Uh, and I, I'm on the Yankees because I think they're the best team in the division. I, yep. Injuries are going to be a factor for them. We'll see how that rotation plays out. But – You've got Garrett Cole. Hopefully Rodon is back shortly-ish, and and I think that's a really good one-two punch. That division's going to be good. Toronto's really Very. good. Yep. Tampa's always better than Toronto we think gets will be. As a wild card. And Baltimore, as we said, is is not bad. Is not mm -hmm. bad. My MVP in the National League, a healthy Homer. 
full season of Ronald Acuna Jr. He's going to steal a ton of bases. Mm-hmm. He's going to hit yeah, the big bases. He's going to be on a war path. When he came back healthy last year, the Braves were on like a 112 win season pace. He's the MVP. And then I, you know, I don't know, Otani, I guess. Gotta get one eventually, right? It's a walk year for him. I think he has a huge year, and the Dodgers pay him like nobody's ever seen before in the history of baseball. Uh, I went different because I didn't want to pick like the usual suspects. So I, I went flavor of the week with Trey Turner because of how hot he's been with the world baseball classic. I also think he's maybe the best shortstop in the game right now. I think it was the best move from the Dodgers to the Phillies. I I think the Phillies made the best move in the off season. And that was getting Trey Turner. We've seen what he can do in the world baseball classic. Julio Rodriguez is an absolute star. He was the rookie of the year last year. I think he has MVP potential in Seattle. Okay. Cy Young's. Uh, I'm going with the guys who were close and didn't do it. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, well, I he, think is. Alcantara did. Oh, I'm sorry. He did win it last year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking because I've got Verlander in the National League in my mind. Uh, I, I'm going with Alcantara because I think he's the best pitcher in baseball. Uh-huh. Um, and then give me Dylan Cease. A lot of strikeouts like in Chicago. Low ERA. He had the best war number of any pitcher last year, like a 6.4. It's insane. Yeah. Uh, so give me Dylan Cease to win the uh, AL Cy Young. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say I went different, but I went Verlander. That's a guy who has three Cy Young awards already, including last year. I think his ERA was like 1.75 last year. Um, yeah. Give me, give me Verlander. I think the, like I said, the one, two punch of Scherzer and Verlander, I know they're getting old, but they kind of protect one another in terms of like, who are you going to see? Well, it doesn't really matter because they're both Cy Young pitchers. And Alec Manoa is a young star who I think has Cy Young potential, whether or not he gets there this year. I'm not sure, but it's a really good Blue Jays team, and he he should be their best pitcher, potentially. Yeah, he's a stud, absolutely. World Series time. I'm on the oh, Padres big God. time here. Padres You're on the Yankees, over... which means it's going to be a disaster. Well, are my predictions that they're pretty bad? No, they're not. Uh, Padres over the Yankees. Uh, I don't know how many games. I don't really care, but I'm again star I'm just power, star power. on the potential of it here. I am going. Rematch. I'm going to bank on the Phillies getting healthy. Harper coming back. Obviously, you're not getting Hoskins back. Um, but I, I'm going to bank on the Phillies being healthy. Trey Turner, I already talked about him. If he's my MVP, he is the reason that they're getting to the postseason, probably as a wild card. Uh, and I have them making it all the way. And I think they win this year over the Astros. I think the Astros get back. Gosh, I hope that isn't the World Series I, matchup. I hope I, not either. But It's not one I, I want to see. Okay, what haven't I done here yet before we get into the NBA a little bit? Let's take a quick time out here. We're back in 30 seconds on Honorado and Company. History, History. made out west with our guy, Kevin Porter, who's played a huge role in the Kings' success this year. Back in 30. Teams. Athletes. organizations we're transforming the custom apparel industry through products and purpose claim your crown and now back to honorado and company sponsored by alpenhouse 
Okay, Ash, I want to share Nick's prediction here because uh, he's always an active member of the show. Mm-hmm. Padres Jays with the Padres winning it all. That would be fun. I'd be well, okay I, with that. It, it would be fun. Yeah, I'm not going to be okay with it as a Braves fan, but right. it would be yeah. it would be kind of an, an interesting throwback to the 90s when the Padres and, and Blue Jays had some really good teams. All right, my performance industrial, dirty, difficult, done. We've probably used this in some variation along the way, but now it's official. It's done. The Sacramento Kings 16-year playoff drought is done, over, kaput. And on top of that, they're 46 and 30 as we sit here on a Thursday sure. morning. They haven't had a season over at or over 500 since the last time they made the playoffs, playoffs. in 0506. Like talk about fledgling. I mean, this team has this franchise has struggled so much. There's been all the rumors about moving to Seattle, m- moving anywhere because they weren't getting the support they wanted from the city of Sacramento and arena, all that stuff. They've got the golden one center. They're lighting the beam. They've made some really smart off season additions. Kevin Herter. They, they made the trade last year for DeMontis Sabonis. This team is so, so not perfectly, but so well put together. Mm-hmm that they're going to be a really difficult out 16 years without the postseason. And in Kevin Herter's introductory press conference in Sacramento, he said, we are going to make the playoffs this year. And they are third out West. Pretty cool. It's been pretty awesome. And and this is kind of on us. Remember we had the conversation when Kevin got traded, it was like, Oh, he's been relegated to Sacramento, the land of, kind of essentially I know I'm exaggerating a little bit but like the land of bad basketball where people don't watch nobody wins oh that's bad for his career and we thought maybe it would be good for him individually because of the opportunity for him but it has turned into entirely the opposite in terms of yes it's been great for him individually but this is a team we've talked about this it's almost like a cultural phenomenon happening out there it is fun to like the Kings the light, the beam has taken over. They show it on Sports Center every night. Uh, different celebrities at the game. It's unbelievable. And Kevin Herter has been at the center of it all, which is yeah. great for our guy. How about the month of March he's having? 19 Woo! points a game. He's shooting 51% from three in Sacramento. Has won nine of 12 in the month of March. They'll all be sad hmm. to see March come to an end. Um, good for Kev. They're going to the playoffs. And uh, and I think they're. I really do believe there's the potential that – that Sacramento could do some big things in the postseason. I don't know that Denver and Memphis scare you. If anything, I'm I I might be scared of the Lakers or the Warriors, the teams yeah. that have that past success to lean on, and obviously the yeah. superstars to maybe get them through um, a big series. But I think this team is young enough and just kind of like yeah. not flying by the seat of their pants, but it's just like whatever. It, it's all. You know, it's all, as we say, icing on the cake at this point. You've gotten in. Now whatever happens from here is just, is is all good. So I think this is, this is a different kind of team. I did see though, and I haven't read the article yet, but I will. Brian Windhorst wrote an article that essentially was insinuating that the Kings will be a mark in the playoffs, meaning other teams will want to play them. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I get that. I believe it, but okay. Yep. I'm sure De'Aaron Fox you know. and Sabonis are like, we'll be the underdog. And Go that's ahead, the doubt thing. Us. They just don't care. It's it's some of that chip on their shoulder. They all play with a chip on their shoulder. Guys who, similar to the way we said to Kev, sent to or you know moved to or drafted by Sacramento, who are probably all like, ugh. And it's, it's turned into this awesome thing. Yeah, I love it. 
All right, we're back right after this with uh, Ruben Stuttered and Clay Aiken coming to Troy in April. Hang on, everybody. Back in 30 seconds on Honorado and Company. Firewolf's professional indoor lacrosse team invites you to join us on Saturday, April 15th as we take on you Albany lacrosse legend Lyle Thompson and the Georgia Swarm for Union Strong Night. Presented by New York State AFL-CIO. Pre-game block party begins at 4 p.m. on South Pearl Street. Featuring live music by Funk Evolution. Get in on the action as we take on the Georgia Swarm at 7 p.m. at the MVP Arena in Albany. Get your tickets now at albanyfirewolves.com. Join the pack. And now back to Honorado and Company. Sponsored by Alpenhouse. Welcome back to Honorado and Company, and this is a thrill for me because this brings me back to like my high school days, not to date anyone or age anyone in this group. Ruben Stuttered, Clay Aiken, obviously stars of American Idol season two, yeah. joining the show. It's a big day. Chris, were you an American Idol fan? I was in Los Angeles while season two of American Idol was happening, so I was right in the thick of it. Okay. Yeah. But were you a fan? I was about to oh, say, yeah. you didn't really That's answer That's a different that question, question yeah. right? Yeah, no, I was, yeah, you, you, you couldn't be in L.A. I was there for the entire semester. You couldn't be in L.A. while this was happening and not be a fan. We watched every night, absolutely, yeah. Uh, guys, thank you for joining the show. You are starting a tour, 20 the tour, which 20 years later after American Idol, it starts here in the Capital Region in Troy, New York on April 12th. What is the excitement level and how did this come together? One, the other, whoever wants to take this away, go ahead. Well, it, um, it, we've been wanting to, we've always had an opportunity to work together. We did our Broadway play, our Broadway Christmas musical. We did the 10 year reunion, I think it was. And, you know, I miss being on stage with my friend, I, I, I have to admit. And so we had an opportunity to just talk and see if we could figure out a way to, to bring this momentous occasion to the mm -hmm. stage and i am um, excited that the people are going to get to see us together um and have a good time with us it's going to be a great great show we um we have done this type of thing before um at, like ruben was saying i have not toured near nearly as much as ruben has he stayed on the road and busy for the past 20 years <laughs> i took some time off he's probably the only well not probably we have proof he's the only person who's been able to get me to come back on stage and tour again and perform because we do have fun performing together. We've always had fun being on stage together and momentous is correct. Um, he reminded me it was the 20th anniversary. I feel like my joints had probably told me that already. Um, <laughs> but we got, you know, we're really excited to reminisce. You know, anytime there's a reunion, we all worry about how do we look? Do we look as good as we did 20 years? You guys both look phenomenal. Um, and and the the life of a musician, I'm sure, could could certainly age one if if you don't take care of yourselves. Um, I want to go back to 2003, guys. This Me was... too. Yeah. <laughs> I like I said, I was a lot younger and I was probably, probably better looking. Um, <laughs> But in that competition between the two of you specifically, I wrote it down, 134,000 votes separated you. And that may sound like a big number, but not when you compare it to the 24 million 
that were that were given that night. I mean, it was a tight, tight race, like as tight as the 2000 presidential election. So, Clay, I'm curious, like it was so close. Did you ever think like maybe I could challenge this and still win? <laughs> no, no, this is not politics. Um, <laughs> this is real life. No, I ne listen, I never did. We we people love this idea that there's competition between us or a rivalry. Um, both of us had so much fun on the show. When we went on it, it was not really it wasn't big when we went on it. Um, it came, became big that season. And so none of us really understood what was at stake. And we just both went on to have a great time, hopefully make some connections. Um, Ruben always wanted to be a performer. People never believe us when we say this, do they, Ruben? I mean, people always think we compete in some way, but I think, I know I was just as happy for him to have won. I'm sure he would have been just as happy had I won, <laughs> right, Ruben? <laughs> I, I mean, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm, I am grateful that God gave me the opportunity to live out my dreams in such a way. Like I could have never mapped that out for myself in that way, having the opportunity to meet the people that I met, the experiences that we had. And also it gave me and Clay and the rest of the contestants an opportunity to see how the music business and entertainment actually works. Like everybody thinks they know, like I spent a lifetime trying to be in the music business, reading books about the music business, but I had absolutely no idea what I had gotten myself into. And it was that experience that showed me what the trajectory of our lives was going to be moving forward. Guys, I think it's interesting because you are a little bit of a different case study, we'll call it, than anyone that has been on this show. In terms of the one-two, people, you're like inextricably linked forever. And I'm not sure of the reason behind it because Listen, Kelly Clarkson, Justin Guarini, but I can't name a lot of one twos. And I think people view you guys differently. What do you think it is that people have kind of just kind of paired you together, but also love both of you in such a way? Do you, can you put your finger on what it is that has kind of separated you from the rest of the pack? It's definitely our look, such thing, group. <laughs> Absolutely. But as I look back, as I look back at the videos from the, the the season of America Idol, it was the way that they put us together. Like, mm. I mean, when you look at most of the packages, it's always Ruben and Clay. When you look at the music videos that we shot as a team, even when we were making uh, funny videos, they made, he and I were generally the focal point or we made the funny always. Because so, we had personality, Ruben. We do have personality. <laughs> I think... I think we both also just came into this as, I mean, Ruben was this guy from Birmingham, Alabama, who was really quiet and wore his jerseys. I was a hot mess from Raleigh. Um, and I think we both in some ways sort of did what that show really wanted to do, which was allow people around the country to believe that they could also be an idol. I mean, neither Ruben said to me a moment of many that I'll never forget, right as we were standing backstage before we walked on for the final announcement of the winner, Ruben looked at me and said, look at us, the two least likely people to be here and here we are. And I think that authenticity maybe, is that what it is? Or the fact that we really both grew throughout that process and people got to do it with us um, had a great, impact on the audience. And I'm not saying that hadn't happened in seasons past, but um, I think that I think that the show was very true to uh, true and authentic in that second season, especially. 
I think we're seeing some of it here, just the dynamic and the personalities and why you two mesh as well as you do. In terms you want to see us fight? Age <laughs> <laughs> match. In, in, in terms of... Oh, why yeah, I ought to... I'll tell you what, that's a scary fist. Um, <laughs> what people will see when they go to Troy Savings Bank uh, on April 12th, what type of performance... Do you guys have planned? It's not like we can draw back on, you know, earlier in the tour. This is the start of the tour. So when people go to Troy on April 12th, uh, what can they expect, guys? I love watching videos of the Rat Pack. Like, they are my, I, I'm i a music, I, some some might say historian. I or love, some might say nerd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go there. But I, I, I do enjoy that kind, I, I enjoy that kind of slapstick comedy and funness that they had on stage, but with really, really great music. Like most people don't know, like that Count Basie was their musical director at times. And like they, you know, they had these wonderful arrangements of songs. So we have that same kind of Count Basie talent behind us, just not Count Basie, but somebody who's as musically as gifted as he is. And, you know, we're gonna bring the funny and we're also gonna have a wonderful musical presentation for you as well. I think the show is going to be, I, I totally believe that the show is is exactly what people saw and liked in 2003. I mean, um, we've done shows before. Our, our show in 2010 was sort of um, a musical review, and that was what its purpose was. Our show at Christmas on Broadway was a scripted sort of Rat Pack slash Carol Burnett Christmas special. This show is a is a family reunion with just two family members <laughs> but um we we sat down to put this show together and we just talked about what we remembered from 2003 and what we loved and reuben would say oh remember when we went to the capitol records building and we met so and so and i'd go no i totally forgot that. <laughs> and he would remind me of stuff and we built the show in this most organic way where we just reminisce together and we're going to try to take people through what the process of being on the show was like, some of those behind the scenes stories and um, and Ruben's right, we're gonna sing some too and I might even dance. That would be great. We love no, that. <laughs> um, do you guys have a chance to rehearse? Do you even need to rehearse? How does that work? Oh, we need to rehearse. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, we do. So we will be making sure that we put some time and energy into making sure that this show is good because if we don't, We'll just get up there and talk the whole time. And we can do that. What's wrong with that, Ruben? I think yeah. we're funny. I'll, listen, let's not pretend we haven't been working on this for a while. We've, mm -hmm. we've both started talking, I mean, not just talking about it last year, but really sitting down and putting songs on paper and deciding where this show goes for at least two months now. Mm -hmm. I've been to Birmingham and spent some time down there to work with Ruben and our music director, John Jackson. and. Um, I'll be back down there again uh, in a few days to work it all through. We don't, we we may be naturally wonderful, but we do like to put a little work in it. <laughs> uh, you mentioned Alabama, and I can't help but notice, you know, Ruben is is clad in that crimson there that uh, Alabama wears so proudly. I, I, are you an Alabama fan, Ruben? I know you didn't <laughs> play at Alabama, but are we a Bama guy? I, I am, in fact, an Alabama fan, but I attended Alabama A&M University. I know. Um, and this is actually maroon. So th these are my 
alma mater's colors. And so I'm wearing that this morning to pay homage to the university that I went to, my mother, and the man I was named after, my uncle Ruben, my grandmother's brother, Alabama and University. I stand down. Chris, you've just been schooled. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Very, uh, and, I think they both, what's the difference between the, the what maroon and the what? Crimson. 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 Oh, they all look reddish brown to me. I think so too, but I, I appreciate the history lesson. This right. is what, Ruben, you feel, you look like a professor, a man of educating, and you've educated. He is a professor. He is a professor. You've he's educated a professor us. I mean, university. he looks like he's, play, he's dressed as one now. <laughs> he's always teaching. Well, you know, I, don't, I you know, I do not dress this well at school. I wear it, it. It's it's funny how you know you kind of adjust to the the the, the dress code environment. Our dress code there is shirts and jeans, and so I I enjoy. It. I, <laughs> I, I got dressed up of, just for y'all. I like that kind of environment. This I'm interested in because Ruben, I did read that that you are teaching, um, and you've been doing it for some time now. Do you find yourself though being as and this would go for either one of you, like, I can't imagine Michael Jordan being a good coach because if you're gifted and talented at a certain level to have students or players or whatever it may be, as you're trying to teach them, if, if they don't raise to that level, I, I would imagine that becomes frustrating. Now, how do you avoid that? Well, I, you know, I started doing things in education right after the show. Um, I started my foundation and I had an opportunity every summer to have these music camps and they were kids just like me, you know what I mean? And so I, I, I try really not to be so much on the performance side, more so on the work that it takes to get where we need to be. So okay. the practice, the things they need to know to, to get the college scholarship, to get into these music programs. And at the college level, I go there expecting these young people to know what they're doing. So I really don't instruct, I kind of just guide. And, you know, it, it, it's been working really well for me at that point. I will just throw in that, that people don't know it because I don't ever let him talk and I do all the talking. Um, but Ruben is, he's, he's a very good teacher. When we sit through this building of the show, he'll go through every single song and say, well, this was written in such and such by so-and-so at this point. He's a musicology encyclopedia. Um, and so I, I'm gonna go, I, need to go take his class myself he would say historian you would say nerd yes that's what we've learned from this <laughs> from this show and that's I what i listen people, i'm a i'm a nerd i just can't teach anything <laughs> and i would tell people to go to rubenandclay.com to get your tickets uh it, it weighs out the entire tour um, because this goes across on social media, it'll hit certainly more cities than Albany, Troy, Schenectady, New York, RubenandClay.com. There are VIP experiences yeah. as well to kind of see these guys go through the process of, of putting it together, sound checks and all that type of stuff, which is really, really cool uh, as well. Again, it's April 12th. It's a Wednesday, 7.30 showtime at Troy Savings Bank. Do you guys need restaurant recommendations? What can we do for you? Absolutely, we need a restaurant. Laporto's you... in Troy, right there down the road. Wonderful Italian if you're into Italian. If not, we'll get you something else. There you go, Clay. Italian. Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Ruben, Ruben knows I'm a, I'm a very picky eater, and that okay. Italian always serves me very well. All right. That's your spot. Guys, thank you so much for doing this. This was It's a, a little bit of a walk down memory lane for us, which was fun. And we hope you enjoy Troy. And we can't wait for the Capital Region to see you again 
20, the tour, 20 years later, it's unbelievable stuff. Time flies when you're having fun. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Happiness is found in simple things. The sun on your face, sharing laughs, at the campground, getting wet, relaxing together, the love of family. There's never been a better time to go outside and play. Alpenhouse Pool Spa Boat and RV, bringing families together and creating memories since 1964. You've heard of unsung heroes. The men and women of Nyscoba are the unseen heroes. For the past year, you've learned about our many charitable endeavors. Now it is my privilege to share with you the work performed by our members, the 20,000 state correction and law enforcement officers shielded from view. They work in difficult and dangerous conditions and are an extension of the police who protect our neighborhoods. Nyscoba honors New York's police and firefighters and salutes its own members who help deliver a peaceful night's sleep. And now back to Honorado and Company, sponsored by Alpenhouse. That was fun. I know Ash absolutely loved chatting with uh, Ruben and Clay, and and yeah, no lie. I mean, I was I was in LA at that time um, when that show, as Clay said, was just absolutely blowing up. Um, hadn't ever experienced anything quite like it and obviously it had such a successful run still on the air but it had an uber successful run so again reuben and clay uh april 12th at uh, troy savings bank uh that is a wednesday night uh reuben and clay.com best way to get your tickets ash is on her way to georgia for that national lacrosse league game that she'll be calling friday night uh on espn news as she said between the riptide and the swarm Definitely check that one out as you uh, watch sports all weekend long. I'm sure it's a quiet day for baseball on Friday, we hope, because that means there weren't any rainouts or or weather cancellations. They always build in that buffer day at the beginning of the baseball season in case opening day gets rained out or snowed out, as we've seen in the past in some cases. Um, so hopefully it's a quiet baseball day. We can focus in on the uh, women's tournament and then that NLL game that Ash is doing as well. Haven't had a chance to talk about this yet on the show, and we should. Quick reminder to everybody, if you join us late on social media, you can always go back and watch us on demand, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. If you join us late on TV and you want to see the full show, I would say, well, first of all, set your DVR every week, 6 o'clock Saturday nights on My 4, Sunday mornings, 6 o'clock on News Channel 13. But you can always get us on demand with all of News Channel 13 social media platforms, YouTube and Facebook, probably the easiest ways to check us out. If you do catch us late, we've gone through our baseball predictions already. We've talked about the rule changes that are hitting Major League Baseball this year. Uh, and we've talked about Kevin Herter and the Kings ending a 16 year playoff drought. Let's talk about this guy on the screen. Lamar Jackson says he's requested a trade from the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore used its franchise tag. There are the reports out there that Lamar turned down a contract that would have given him more than one hundred and thirty million dollars guaranteed. Of course, we all know the what $240 million guarantee to uh, Sean Watson from Cleveland, the guarantees to Kyler Murray are in the neighborhood of $190 million. Aaron Rodgers got a $151 million guarantee. So that's where Lamar is putting himself. 133 falls woefully short of some of those other quarterback guarantees. 
Uh, and now he says, I want to be traded. If you don't see my value, if you aren't willing to give me this contract, find me a team that will. And they're out there. Uh, NFL teams are so desperate for quarterbacks. There are teams that will give him the guaranteed number that he wants. And maybe Lamar Jackson is so spiteful that he will take the exact same number of guaranteed dollars from another team that is in Baltimore just because he doesn't like the way this thing has played out. He wouldn't be the first player to do something like that. So we know there are enough teams that would entertain this. You're, you're trading two first-round picks to get him, and then you obviously have to sign him to a, a long-term deal. But but there will be teams like in Indianapolis who who would do it, uh, You know, maybe a Detroit who would do it. So those teams are, are certainly – uh, out there, and and maybe it wait. Maybe this sits until after the draft. Although I'm sure Baltimore would like the draft capital this year. Maybe you find the team. You know, like if Indianapolis doesn't move up and get the quarterback it wants, maybe they're a little more desperate to make a deal, a little more driven to make a deal. So we'll see where this goes. I jokingly said earlier in the show, like what which one gets done first, the Lamar Jackson trade or contract, right? Because you could still get the deal with Baltimore. Uh, or the Aaron Rodgers trade. To me, it doesn't feel like Lamar and Baltimore are going to get back to you. It's like the Taylor Swift song, never, ever, ever getting back together. It just doesn't feel like they're now going to find common ground to make this thing work. But money talks, so we'll see what happens. Something else that was on my mind here, and we didn't get to it, I'm gonna, I've got 30 seconds to kick it around. Kyrie Irving's going to be a free agent. Look at what has happened in Dallas since Irving made his Mavericks debut. They're 8-14. This was a power move by Dallas to say, we need to show Luka Doncic that we're invested in him. We're going to get him a superstar sidekick. They made the trade for Kyrie Irving, and things just completely falling apart here. I mean, Dallas is, is on the verge of missing the playoffs with a handful of games to go. That's how bad it's been since... Irving made his debut in early February for the Mavericks. So, uh, I don't know. Pretty uh, pretty quick turn. Final four games. We didn't really get to talk about this, even though we did the dirty difficult done with the UConn women's basketball team. Give me LSU in the first one. And then I'm, I'd love to say Iowa, but it's South Carolina. I mean, they're, they're just steamrolling people. And our predictions, which we already gave here on these games, I'm on San Diego State. And I'm on UConn. But I'll be more surprised if FAU wins than if Miami wins. Does that make sense? It should. Hopefully it does. Have a great weekend, everybody. Enjoy all of the games happening with Major League Baseball's opening weekend with the Final Four as well. We will see you next week on Honorado and Company.